This is Music Mentality with Angie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey everyone and welcome back. My name is Angie and as promised, this episode continues our conversation with Kaylee Morg from last week. Except this time, we dive even deeper into the not-so-easy things to talk about. We explore competitiveness in the music industry, how the true magic of a musician is their individuality, letting go of the things we cannot control, more about borderline personality disorder, and finally, Kaylee's sobriety journey. Again, some of these episodes are really difficult to listen to, and this could be triggering for some, so take care of yourself. You can find Kaylee's music on all streaming platforms by searching up her name, Kaylee Morg. Enjoy! funny that you mentioned being self-aware because um I recently just recently learned that sometimes being self-aware is a really great thing and being able to analyze yourself is awesome but there's also a line and you shouldn't be doing it too much because then you get too much into your own head and you start to question everything and then you get lost within your identity and especially when you have BPD that is like accelerated to a max and I'm sure it's like you're hypercritical yeah it's like you're so aware that you're like am I I think you kind of start losing touch with like what is real and what like you think is happening because of like what you you're like oh well this usually means this you're like I might be reacting to this because of this or this is subconscious like I think yeah I've definitely um like I struggled with feeling like certain emotions are always like bad I'm like oh like if I'm getting angry or I'm feeling like this it's like I, I'm having an episode or it's gonna go this way or um yeah, I definitely like read into how I feel and uh, start kind of like I was saying with a bipolar where like, I'll live into it sometimes or like expect certain things. Oh. And then I just like, don't, I take it too, too seriously. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, like being angry and being sad and being jealous, like, oh my God, we avoid those feelings so much because we just don't want to feel them. And then it's like embarrassing to admit that we feel them sometimes. Like I remember seeing my friend start really really succeeding and I instantly felt jealous and I was so angry at myself for feeling jealous because all I wanted to do was feel happy so I had to dissect hey like why am I feeling jealous why aren't I being happy and you know it turned out that it there was a chain reaction and all I saw was this but it's because there was a lot more to it so like being able to confront that person be like like that was probably one of the most difficult things for me to be like hey 
I see you succeeding and I want to be happy for you, but I'm not. And I, can you teach me how to be happy for you right now? And can we like analyze why this is happening? Because I want to be your support system. That's Mm -hmm. like difficult. That's really difficult. It's it's definitely hard to admit that because I also think I, I have, it does feel like embarrassing or something. And like, I cannot even begin like with how that feels in music too, to like see your friends succeeding and not so much like sometimes, yeah, I think it shows itself as jealousy and you're like, well, like I, like, I feel like I'm doing all this and like, it's not working for me or that or like certain things that you wish like you got and, and all this stuff that I think um, it has nothing to do with like whether your music is good or not, whether your message is good or not. Like it's more just like everyone's journey is different. And um, I know like, as soon as I kind of, what is that saying? It's like, as soon as I realize that like other people being successful doesn't like lower my chances of being successful. Like other, when people say like, just because someone's so beautiful, like that doesn't mean you're not beautiful. Like you guys are both. So I think like once I started realizing that I'm like nothing, this person's light doesn't take away from mine. Um, I, I was really able to, to just like get through that. Cause I also think it's, it's common to like befriend women that are very competitive. And I think it's like, I, I don't think it's on purpose half the time. Like, I think that we really just feel or are kind of are put into a position with like social media and being in the public eye where you feel like you have to be the best at this thing or you have to be the prettiest or the, like we are put in a position to butt heads with each other because people compare us and people like build us up in a way that is always like, oh, well, you're the next this or like, like ugh, when people say like stupid stuff, like, someone walked so this person could run and like all the stuff that compares us where it's like we just we're all our own people like making music or doing any sort of art or any sort of job and like it doesn't need to be compared so I think it's a subconscious thing that bleeds into our friendships and our working relationships where we feel like we have to be the best and I definitely have like friends that I yeah I remember like like a couple friends and I'm like why why does it feel like we're competing with each other <laughs> like I yeah like, <laughs> literally yeah, it's I'm like I, I, I hate that and I know that's what I'm saying like I'm definitely guilty of like feeling envious and feeling like because of my own journey if I'm in a rough spot that I can feel like wow like, I, I don't get why that's not happening for me and it makes me feel bitter and I'm like that that person deserves that though and even if they didn't like why is that for me to decide like I just like, I don't even um I, I kind of stopped doing that and even just aside from music like in my friendships I, I surround myself with people that like um just genuinely like want the best for me and like want to see me happy and it doesn't take away from their light that's why like I love hanging out with like my I just have found so many people recently that like they just want the best for everybody genuinely and it's like that's as simple as that sounds it is kind of hard to find sometimes because I think other people are stuck in their bitterness and it's it's a weird feeling to like confront you know and like again neutralizing that competitiveness is difficult so a lot of people are like oh why are you so competitive and stuff and mind you I'm so guilty of that like I've been in friendships that are competitive and I've gotten mad at them for trying to compete with me and I'm like this doesn't have to be competitive like why are you making this competitive but the thing is that's all we see when in reality there's such a chain behind it like you said like you know social media jobs looks appearance success everything plays a factor into this especially I find um as a woman, that can be really, really difficult because everything is already very competitive. So you're right. It definitely does lean into friendships and relationships without us even realizing yet the competition is all we see when there's so much more behind it. Yeah. It's like, it's unfortunate because I still, yeah, like I stand by the fact that I think that like 
women are like built to to compete with each other like we it's not even our choice at a certain point like i think that we like in music specifically too like there's always like well who's the next big big pop girl and it's just like why can't we do a bunch of them and like why can't they like why can't we do a bunch of different types of music and um so i think it's definitely like finding the right crowd and like unlearning that subconscious bitterness because everybody feels it and it's it's um normal to feel too i think you just have to know like where it's coming from yeah and i don't think many people like it like i don't think people who are inherently competitive like being competitive i think it's just a matter of like acknowledging it and being like hey why is this a competition though like i mean again in music like why are we comparing rap and like pop and punk and like all these different genres when there's enough room for everyone to succeed especially in the arts i think that's such a good way of summing that up like i because i've said that to my boyfriend before where i'm like i feel so defeated about music time music sometimes because i don't feel like there's room for me and I'm like, why do I, like, there's so thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that make art and make music and do this and that. And there's never going to be a point in time where there's not room for you, like ever. And so it's just, it's so weird to feel like that. Cause I, like I said, I don't think it's a conscious thing that, that you just feel like just to feel it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So when you start to idealize or admire an artist and you love their music, do you try to shape your music to match their style ever? Mm, that's a good question. I don't really do that with um, more modern artists because I like, a lot of times like when I admire something that somebody is doing, it's because I feel like it's different and innovative. So I don't really want to like copy them you know what I mean? like I don't not copy them but like I don't really want to emulate that because I think what I find so special about that is that it's them like that's what I think is so cool about like Billie Eilish because I think since then everyone's like who's the next Billie and who's this and that but it's like that worked because of Billie like Billie's being herself yeah like, same with like Olivia Rodrigo like all these people that get massive it's because of who they are and like that the message that they've said so if you're trying to be like the next like Olivia Rodrigo Ariana Grande it's like you have to you can be inspired by them but it has to come from you like you have to be yourself because I think that's what I mean like Olivia's whole album was about something she went through mm -hmm. and even if she was inspired by like x y and z it's it has to be you so that's why I think like I might take inspiration from like sonically or I'm like oh I really like this song like it'd be cool to make something like this but I take more inspiration from older artists because I think that uh I, I I get so interested in like like right now my whole thing is like the 90s and the 2000s and I think I get so interested in dissecting why certain songs worked so well and why certain artists had this cult fan base and this like crazy following like I like to figure out why did that work and like what about them and what about their music and try to take pieces of that to make it something that maybe like Gen Z hasn't heard before because they not all of them are listening to these weird deep cut like 90s artists you know what I mean so I think that sometimes that's more interesting to, to me to like emulate something that I'm not sure is happening now you know I think that's really beautiful because I mean you're bringing back the essence but you're still making it your own and it's a lot of insp like inspiration that you gain from them rather than copying them quote-unquote copying in terms of like being the next billy for example or the next olivia first of all that's so like hindering to your like imagine being like oh i want to be the next billy and it's like well you shouldn't do that to yourself but on the flip side i mean imagine if everyone is like who's going to be the next kaylee and it's like 
well, why am I already out? Like, why, why can someone replace me? Why can someone be me? Like, I'm so special. No one should be able to. There's like a few artists that that's definitely happened to, like Billy Lord. I feel like it's like, who's going to be the next? It's like, they're still like, Lord is in her twenties. Like <laughs> Billy's like, what is she like 19 or 20? It's like that there's not going to be, there's going to be what, how I view it is like, there's artists that are like post so-and-so. So like post Lord to me is like, certain type of artist post Billy is like Tate McGray you know what I mean so there's like certain artists that have more of a platform because somebody kind of carved this lane you know what I mean so like sometimes like I feel like even ballad pop is so big because of like driver's license so sometimes those artists will open a door for those other artists but I don't think that, that means like there's going to be a new them like it's just like oh there's like even Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers is like the perfect example of that like I've never there's so much like amazing singer songwriter like acoustic type of music that's coming out even like I feel like Taylor Swift was probably inspired by that when she did Folklore and Evermore is that one Evermore because I think uh artists open doors like that sometimes where it's like a sound that might not have like charted on the radio is now because an artist was like hey like we don't have to do this we can do this but I don't think, yeah, we should ever take that, take away from the artist and be like, who's going to be the new Phoebe? It's like, she just, she just got like super famous like two years ago. You know what I mean? No, well, just generally too. It's like even older artists, like it's not like you're being them again, you're being inspired by them, but that artist, whether they're still famous or not, whether they're alive or not, they still carry so much like legend and legacy behind them and like you shouldn't ever have to take that away from them to become something that's like stomping on other people's head to be successful that's just not what success is yeah yeah. also like I feel like so many artists if you ask them like like some sometimes like if you're inspired by something it will really show but I think half of what people listen to like their music sounds nothing like that like if I like I do love Alanis I love Liz Fair I love like my favorite bands growing up were like Sublime and Red Hot Chili Chili Peppers but does my music sound like that no not even a little bit you know what I mean it's just like I I like the spirit of it I like like how like Alanis and and Liz like there was something about them that was so normal like they're just normal women like going through their 20s and going through life and like it's emulating the spirit, I think, is a lot of time what artists do. It's because I, I I genuinely think if you ask most artists, like, what inspired this song? You'd be like, really? That, like that song? Because Loser was inspired by a pavement song. And I, I put that, my um, friend has like, he he runs my like Kaylee Morg updates fan account. I'm like, oh, can you do this for me? He does that for me. And he um, makes this fan-made playlist where people like send songs and mixed with songs that inspire that I like I personally took inspiration from and none of the songs that I take inspiration from sound like anything like my music because <laughs> sometimes it's not about that yeah and it's really interesting that that happens like I mostly listen to punk and rock and stuff I listen to all genres but those are like my favorite too and the way the things that I write is just so like indie pop it's so different like it's- well, I've been listening to like <sighs> Like I'll literally get in my car and listen to like Black Sabbath and like Trapped Under Ice. I'm like, I'm like just like listening to like Scream and I'm just like, like, because <laughs> like it calms me down for some reason. But it's so funny because I think if like my listeners probably think I listen to like pop music, like music like mine. But I think because I make that type of music, I almost like avoid it unless it's for inspiration purposes. Like I, I kind of go like I got super into country music when the pandemic started because I before that was one of those people that's like, I like everything but country, you know, that's that <laughs> classic line. 
and I really dove into it and um, like just like I said, like I find it interesting to try to understand what people like about something. Or mm-hmm. if there's like a really big artist, like I'll go listen to all their music because like, I want to understand why certain things in pop culture are popular. So I got really into like country music just for shits and giggles, and it's like affected my writing because it's so clever, it's so witty. So you can pull inspiration from shit that has nothing to do with like what you do. So I want to like do a a little exercise where um, you put yourself out of your own shoes and you dissect your own music. So what do you find most inspiring about your own music? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Um, I guess like what I hope that people take away from my music is like, well, more recently, because my my album is coming up by the way, which I've, we haven't, I haven't even thought to bring that up, but I have this album that's coming out later this year. And a lot of it touches on, like, I'm not sure if my previous music feels like this, but I feel like it does. I think a lot of it touches on this like nostalgic, a lot of the stuff we're talking about with mental health, like I feel like I approach this, that, those topics with like a childlike mind. Like, I feel like I do it from like a 15 year old's perspective because I, that's when I started music. And that's like a lot of my BPD is from like traumatic events that happened when I was 14. So a lot of it's like, it kind of, I, I've said like, it's like healing my inner teenager. And so I think that <laughs> It's so, I literally, so I write my notes beforehand. The second thing I wrote was inner teen slash inner child. Yes, literally. So I, that's why I, I think I hope people take away from it is kind of that, like that feeling of just when you were a teenager and like the, the types of music you were into and the things that like made you feel good. Like I remember dancing around to Taylor Swift to Miley Cyrus when I was younger, just like loving it. And it wasn't always happy and it wasn't always sad, but it was just like, it felt so good and, and almost like Hillary Duff, Lindsay Lohan, like that type of stuff is what I've been super into. And I want people to be able to take away like the the songs I write are, are never really about like, sometimes they're about stories and like random shit, but they're also just about like mundane things. Cause sometimes that's what you think you're thinking about. And that's what your life looks like at that time. And um, I think like just to hear somebody talk about normal life and like how shitty it is being in between like like that phase after coming of age when you're like in your early 20s and you're like all right like what's what's going on now <laughs> like you know so I, I think it's such a specific weird feeling in young adulthood to be like lost and feel like you're 15 again oh and yeah that's kind of what I want people to like resonate with and like heal, being nice to that version of themselves because I've definitely like had to learn that well, I hope you realize how unique of a niche that is because <laughs> everyone always talks about healing their inner child, inner child. Like no one ever talks about their inner teen. Oh, my, my inner teen, teen is an angry bitch that I don't even want to touch. My inner teen is like, she went through, she carried the bulk of the trauma out of any version of myself. So I think it's definitely like, the ver- I, I feel like, yeah, like my inner child, I think, I think it's good to connect with that because you're so innocent and happy and like, you don't have any of that stress, but it definitely is like, I don't need to heal my inner child as much as I need to heal my inner teenager, but I can connect with my inner child, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely makes sense. And like healing your inner teen, I agree. Like in our teens, we go through so much trauma and it's never validated because it's like, oh, you're young, you're fine. Like life yeah. worse from here. Like if you can't handle this, you're spineless. Blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah. And like, everyone's like, you're going to miss high school. And like, this isn't even a big deal yet. Like just wait till you're an adult. And I'm like, I felt 
worse in high school actually because now I'm like I've have all the tools to be able to deal with some of this adult stuff but or and like not even because like there's shit I can't handle but I feel like it's a little bit more under control because I have I'm more mature and I have a little bit more of that that like strength than when I was like 14 I would cry over anything if someone raised their voice I was like <laughs> so it's just like not uh I think I'm just in a different place mentally even though like shit sucks I think the type of stuff I deal with now I could not deal with that 14 you know so yeah absolutely and I think that's like an amazing amazing thing and to be able to reflect on how far you've come is a beautiful thing and it's definitely portrayed through your music whether it's the lyrics or your instruments and stuff and being able to be like wow like I wouldn't have been able to even feel this let alone dissect it let alone put it out onto paper when I was 15 and now I can you know, it's, it's such yeah. growth. Yeah, it's definitely weird. I think I also, it just like, sometimes I, I through all the, like the self-hatred and all that stuff, like sometimes I also have the sudden realization that like eight-year-old me would be so happy to, that I'm me. You know what I mean? Like eight-year-old me would be like, oh my God, you 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 get to sing and like you have boobs and like you're, <laughs> you have cute hair. Priorities. <laughs> yeah like eight-year-old me would be so happy um that I'm like like I don't even think I would be able to fathom the fact that I live in LA and that like I'm living with my boyfriend and we have a dog and like we're so happy and like I think it's just yeah like there's a lot of bullshit but I have to kind of remind myself that sometimes that like I am like doing what I always wanted to do and even when it comes with like periods of being like I'm fucking broke and like uh, who nobody likes me and like my music is flopping and like you go in and out of that but it's like I would rather be doing this than going to school or like doing something because I'm not sure I would thrive in that setting you know oh yeah I yeah I get it <laughs> I went I had I have two degrees and both of them I was literally like scraping by because school is just not for me yeah I did it twice so it's just Probably, that, that's that's such a cool thing though to like because my sister also um she just she's like she's a nurse right now and she just started uh she just finished nursing school and she's like working in hospitals now but she was like like she dropped out like got terrible grades like so unmotivated and I think it's probably so rewarding to like know how hard it was and that you didn't want to fucking do it and you're like cool I did it like that weight and that like proving to yourself that you can get through that is probably so rewarding. It is. It's very rewarding. That being said, I do by the fact that <laughs> school is not for everyone and it's okay because there are better things on the horizon for you. If it's not like better things for you, I mean, not better things in general, because the fact is that there's not one thing that's better than the other. It's just like artists, not one artist is better than another necessarily. Like there's no competition here. It's just what's best for you. And that's really yeah. difficult to understand. I also think that like the, the tradition, the traditional, like you get married, have kids, you go to call, like all this, that way of thinking, I feel like is starting to become outdated because there's just so, so much to do, like so many things that you can, you can be. And like, I think I'm definitely going to teach my kid if I ever have kids, I'll like, teach my kids that like, you don't have to go to college to do what you love and like make money and, and be successful. Like that's, it's definitely a times are changing. So yeah, 
So it's, you know, we're talking about doing what you love. And I remember going through a phase in my life when I was so depressed that there's just nothing that I loved. And that was so scary for me because I was like, who am I supposed to be if I'm not passionate about anything and I don't love anything? So that was like a part of my inner teen, <laughs> like my teenage years. But how do you cope with that when you just don't really love anything? So how, what do you do? I... I don't think I've ever been in a position where I didn't love music. So like, I think that that's part of the answer. Like I, I've always loved music. I started writing songs when I was eight. I recorded my first song when I was 12 in my aunt's closet. Like <laughs> I have always loved music. Like I remember until I was 14, I was like, I'm going to be a singer. Like, what, what do you mean? That's what I'm going to do. And then like, I got to that age and was like, oh shit. Like I have to figure that out. Like it doesn't just, you can't just decide that and be that. Um, at that time is when is when I kind of started being like what am I going to do if I don't do music and I felt this yeah I felt like that like I was like I don't I love this thing but the chances of it working out are very low I'm probably not going to make money I don't I my GPA was fucking 2.3 I was like (laughs) like, I'm so which is so funny because I yeah I was terrible in school I was terrible in English which is so funny because I'm like I can write but I I was really good at math and terrible in English um and I was just like what do I do and I thought that I still think to this day like even if I end up having to go back to school or I like want to do something else or I had to not be an artist I probably would do something that feels similar like helping people or expressing myself like my dad like I said he was a painter for I don't even know like 45 years and he dealt with some substance abuse and then he got clean and went to rehab and then became a therapist and now it's like he's like probably late 50s and it's like he's more he's so I'm like glad he figured that out and found that thing and like it's he's just so in his element like it's so like he, he's gained weight and like he has a little beard and like he's so cute he has like little glasses he's just <laughs> a cute little therapist um but yeah I think sometimes you don't know like what you love and you definitely stumble into it but I think it's like the core of like why you love the things that you do love which is like music I think it's expressive and it's helps people so that's why I was like okay well if I don't do music like I probably would look into like being a therapist or like I love psychology too which is why I was like I maybe would do that or like maybe be a teacher or like something like that I think it's like figuring out the core of why you love certain things but with creativity I think that there's always room to try like with being an artist and that's kind of what I did like when I graduated high school I was 17 and I like talked to my mom and I was like can I just take one year off before uh between like graduating and going to college so that I can just try to figure music out and that's when I got signed but I think it's like like really just going for it and not being like well like maybe this will work out I don't want because I think some people protect themselves so I'd be like okay if it doesn't happen I don't care I'm not really trying that hard but I really like went for it and just put my art out there until people listened and um like even through my dad not liking it and like my certain family members being like oh that's cute you like you know what I mean so uh, it's definitely just believing in yourself too because the more that like you have that self-talk yeah. and stuff like it's it manifests itself like if you're sitting there being like well this probably won't work out and this like it's more likely that it won't because you have to like have this headspace of like what do I love and how do I make that work That's yeah cool. absolutely and I think when you're asking yourself what do I love and why do I love it you love music and 
you know, you don't love music because of like the amount of people who are listening to it and stuff. It's you love creation of music. You love putting it out there. You love with it. And I think that when we are consumed with superficial markers of success, which again is honestly a lot of the time a trauma response or a defense mechanism, but to acknowledge that is really important because then you're able to unlock the door as to what you actually love. So for example, artists who are in music who do music because they love the fame and they love the numbers and they love, you know, the validation. That's, that's what we, we all need validation. I get it. You know, we, that's what you need, but that's not what you love. And if you, if that's the part you care about, like you're going to be severely disappointed because it's like, it's so much more than just like getting Instagram followers and like, well, I'm going to tour and do this. And it's like such a building process and only somebody that's passionate about this can do it for that long because it's like oh yeah you have to ride through it because it's one of the most inconsistent anything creative is almost always one of the most inconsistent jobs you can have so there's like times where you're you're good and you're like wow everything's going great like I just when I signed to Republic I was like I got this deal and blah 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 like I I'm I'm gonna tour and I'm gonna do all this shit and then like a year later I was like what is happening what is going on like I shaved my head I was like I'm having a mental breakdown and like my music is flopping and and then a year later, I was like, I got dropped. And then a year later now, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I am back up to the same amount of monthly listeners I had four years ago. And like, I'm doing, hopefully it's like a little like revival. And like, I'm, I'm writing it out because I was so close. I was so close to like quitting music last year. Oh, wow. And uh, like, I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to go to school. Like, I'm, I'm not going to like. Cause I think a huge part of me was like, I would rather just know if I'm going to fail or not so I can stop trying. Cause like, if I, if it's not going to work, I'd rather just get ahead of it. And yeah. then now like my boyfriend, who's so, he was like, Kaylee, like I will pay rent for you. He's like, I'll do everything for you. Like it's just for you to keep trying. He's like, I don't want you to stop making music. Like it's not done. Like I don't want you to, and I've, it's so funny. Cause now we're like switched around where I'm doing really well and he's like I don't know what to do and like that's just kind of how this business is like there's never a point in time where you're like I did it cool <laughs> you know what I mean like even artists that have fucking mansions and like are making millions of dollars like they still feel like wow like I they want to put music out and have it be heard at a certain level like there's always a, another level to be on like everyone's always yeah like- And again, it's like, if you're consumed with like your big house and the amount of viewers you're getting, again, we all need validation. And when we don't get that as young kids, we tend to overcompensate and we seek quick fixes. Like I need everyone to love me and stuff. And that can be very hindering to your own self growth. And again, when you don't get it, you have to keep trying again. That's when you end up stopping because, you know, you're focusing too much on the numbers rather than what you love. And it's it's not possible for everyone to like you. There's never going to be a scenario where your music makes everyone happy, where you make everyone happy, where everyone likes you. Like there's just, I, I really struggled with that in the beginning. Cause I was like, Oh, well, like I, like I'm, I'm just very like at the time I was like, I'm a very simple person. Like I was like, I feel like I know that I don't do anything to make people dislike me, but it's like not even about you at the end of the day. It's like, if you're putting yourself in that position, people are going to make the decision of whether you're attractive or not, whether they like you like immediately. And that's not your responsibility, you know? Yeah. Hatred is a reflection. Like there's no reason for people to hate you, especially people who don't know you. you And like at at the end of the day, all you, so this is like a huge lesson for me too. I've like learned so much the past few years is like not letting go of things you can't control, which is like 
cliche, everyone says it, but like we all deal with that so often. And like, I finally really just like gave in, I think in like February of this year. And like, I've been so good mentally because I was just like, I can't, like if people aren't gonna like me, cool. Like if this, if music goes shit, cool. Like I can't, I'm doing everything I can. And that's, if, if it doesn't work out, then it wasn't meant to. But like, I, as long as I'm giving everything my all and I'm trying, like if, if I can't control A, B and C, then like, that's not for me to try to analyze and be like, well, what can I do in this and that? Cause it's like, you can't, some things you can't do anything about it. And like, you have to just like, if you're putting yourself in the position to be judged, you will be, but it's not up to you whether they like you or not. You just put the version of you out there that feels like the most authentic to you. And that's, you know? Yeah. So last year when you were so close to giving up on something that you love, what happened? Why did you keep going? I, so I, yeah, that that was like a few months after I got dropped. I got a new manager, but he was like a little older. We didn't like click. So I had no label. I had a manager that I just met and I was broke. So I was like, cool. Like, I don't know what to do. Cause I was like, I feel like I'm reaching a point where I'm not going to make money. I like have, I don't know if I, even if I sign another deal, it's not going to happen for a while. I don't know if this manager and I are clicking also musically. I was like, I didn't like anything I was making. And like, it's actually interesting because none of those songs are coming out, but like, there's a point in time where I made like a handful of songs that I was like, why? Like, I just don't like this. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm not happy doing this anymore. And I think it was because I was approaching it from this panicked like headspace like well I need to make a song because I have to have new demos to show people and stuff and it was so hectic and just like out of desperation I think that it strayed away from like the core of why I started and it being personal and it being creative and, and authentic it just turned into like what can I do to make people sign me or like make people like me or make my music work and um and that was like around the time I had like the craziest hair I'd ever had because I was like, I need people to like care about me. And, um, and then I basically almost gave up and then shit just kind of started like picking up again. And I, I think it, I realized what I was just saying that like the music wasn't clicking because I was like, I, what, what is not, like, why don't I like any of this? And then I went in with, um, this producer that I actually made my my biggest song is Siren and I made that song with him and like he was so open to just like whatever you want to say and like I started instead of going into a session and being like okay like what's going to be catchy and what's going to be I started writing songs like on guitar like in my living room with my boyfriend and then I would take them into the sessions imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And that really helped me because I was just like, what do I want to say from like my little living room in my apartment, what does my brain want to say? What do I want to talk about? Like that means something to me. And uh, the first song I wrote was Another Day in Paradise. So I was like, oh, I have like chills thinking about it because it was just like such a, like it was like one of those moments where I was like, this is like, I'm like stumbling into this like new version of myself, I think lyrically and sonically that I really loved and like felt like I was doing something different or if it wasn't different, it just felt different for me. So I think I just had to like find what made me like care about the creative process again. And then I was like, this is worth trying for because I want people to hear this. It feels important, you know? Yeah. And it is so important. And I'm so happy that you didn't stop because I really love your music. The things that you put out there. So Siren, for example, you had to like really analyze what it is that you wanted to say. Same thing with Another Day in Paradise. And it's like, what was the hardest thing that you ever had to put onto paper and put out there? Hmm. Um, I don't know if I have anything out that was like as hard for me, probably like still felt like that because it was just so vulnerable. Like that was a song that I had just sitting for a while. Oh, oh you know what it is? I have this song called March 14th that's on SoundCloud. It's not like out, but it's on SoundCloud and I think YouTube. And that was a song I wrote after um, Hunter passed away. And it was like about just, I guess like, basically in the lyrics, I was trying to like convince this person to stay and to not like feel, to like sit with that like suicidal ideation and, and not give into it. You know what I mean? So like that song was fucking, I still have one that I wrote a, specifically about him passing that like I have and like no one's ever gonna hear it. but I sent it to his family but like that was fucking brutal and um I have some, some songs that are like that that like I just use for coping that like I think I know when I'm writing them but I don't really want them to come out you know so a lot of the stuff that's out is like I'm comfortable with them being out and um I think the only one that's like it feels so weird in retrospect is fuck you because that was about him 
So now like when I play it, like I'll have a whole crowd being like, fuck you. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> so um, oh, like yes. also you have to also when grieving, it's such a crazy process. Like you have to you can't feel bad about like this experiences you shared just because they're not here. You can't be like, okay, cool. Like everything was so great. And like, we never had any toxic history. Yeah. It's like, you have to accept um, the reality of what, like I had to accept the reality of what our relationship was and how I chose to cope, even though he wasn't here anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of that stuff is like fine for me now, because also I honestly don't even think I like dealt with it fully like because I like two months after he passed like I something like I was like I turned it off like I was like I, I like I can't care about this anymore not care about this but I was like I can't like carry these feelings yeah, like, I can't like, be like just like p- trying to pick myself up off the floor like every day and like I was like feeling so sad and I was like I, I can't do it like, I was like I just stopped and then like now every March I always feel like shit for like two days because that's like the I think it's been three years now so like in March I was like had the most terrible breakdown and um and I still think like it just comes and goes mm-hmm. which is, is that's how grieving is but yeah like that's the only stuff that I think um really feels weird and and for a completely different reason tied up feels so weird because it's sexual <laughs> like I'm like oh like I hate that one but I because also because I feel like like no hate to the producer or anything like that but I feel like I felt like I had to be like sexual or like attractive and this and that like as a young girl in the industry I wrote that song when I was like 19 and I think sometimes it makes me feel weird because I'm like I wonder if that's something I felt like I had to do like to be attractive this and that for other people or if that's something I would have just already done because there's nothing wrong with like writing about sex and stuff it's just not very like me so like that's that's a weird one for me because I'm like oh like do I feel like I was like, I felt like I had to, or did I just want to write about that? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I think that you just answered your own question. It's definitely okay to talk about that stuff and, like, yeah. say about it, and props to everyone who does and anyone who does. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I feel like definitely a 19, as a woman, getting into an industry that is honestly male-dominated, music is a male-dominated industry, yeah. it's just so yeah we do find ways to like overcompensate with like what we have and I hate that because that's it's not it's not on you it's the standards that society has put out there and it's the competition again and it's like needing to find a way to get on that ladder without stepping on other people's heads and then you end up losing your sense of self and it's a complicated mess because there's just so much competition yeah it's it's definitely weird I feel like that was like a whole other issue I had in the beginning of um, being an artist of just like not, you can even see that because I like archived almost all my posts, but I have a lot of them like when I, I go through and I can see all the ones that like aren't public, like you can see a shift in my persona of like what I thought I had to be and who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's why more recently, like I don't, I feel like the way I post is pretty different. I don't really like posting like selfies that often or like I don't really post like and more like revealing outfits and that's not because I don't think that's okay I just like I am so like casual and almost like I, like I just don't like doing that stuff for me personally mm-hmm. so um I like stopped feeling like I had to, to do that and like that doesn't I guess it just like it, it just kind of changed and I feel like I'm I'm like I don't have to do this this and this like for people to care but like I fucking love when other people do like my best friend like I said like I'll literally comment on all of her shit I'm like you're so hot but <laughs> I'm just like I just don't like doing it for me because like I feel weird 
when people see me or like like in a certain way I'm like oh my god like this feels so weird or like like I was like buying underwear the other day and I was like oh my god everyone's like thinking about me in this underwear right now (laughs) (laughs) so I get so weird sometimes I'm just like oh like I I can't control like how I'm being perceived and like people are so weird I don't know um so yeah I I definitely like I have a, a habit of just suddenly being like I'm gonna wear sweatpants and a hoodie for five days straight (laughs) just like I don't want anyone to perceive me (laughs) I get that and again that goes back to being a woman that's it is one of the struggles absolutely so I mean it really sounds like you've developed who you are and you found at least a sense of who you are um and that's something really relatable. Like for the longest time I had blonde hair and like no bangs and I was dressing exactly like everyone else because I was just so desperate to fit in. And now I'm like, oh my God, like I, I don't, I don't actually care. And I like, love, I love this hair on you though. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. But if you can describe yourself in three words then and describe yourself in three words now, what would those six words be? Um, when I was 19, definitely naive. And Mm. I think I was naive. I was very loving. Like I was very, like, it's not one word, but like I had my heart on my sleeve all the time. Like I was just like. That falls hand in hand, like being loving and naive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was so open to like, I kind of just expected people to like treat me the way I treated them. And I was like, that's not, that's not how the world works. So like I have to, but I think I was naive, loving, but I also was like very, I wish there was a better word for this because I I feel like I'm like ambitious, but I almost mean like hungry. Like I was so, I was like so determined. Like I was like, I had this hunger for like creativity and music in this way that I think as you get older, you get a little jaded to the industry. So you're like, oh, this is like so cool, but it is kind of sucks sometimes. But like I was in that like beginning phase of like, my life is so fun. And like, I have so many friends and like music is a dream. And uh, so I was definitely like ambitious in a way that was like, I just wanted I would just grab everything I want. And I was like, I want it. I want this. Like I, if I want to be this type of person, I will be, if I want to like do this. So I, yeah, I was very much like hungry. Yeah. Hungry. And like, I would, I think I don't regret that though, because that's how I got my deal. Just like writing songs every day, posting them on Twitter, even if it got 20 likes, like I was like, I'm going to keep trying and trying and trying. And I think now I would say I'm balanced, um, or grounded. Cause I think I'm very, uh, yeah, just like grounded in, in who I am. And um, so I'd say I'm grounded. I would say I'm, um, some of these, like I hate the words themselves, but like, I know what I mean by it, like mature. Like, I think that I've learned so much mm. and I have like really, really just stopped being so, like the world revolves around me. Cause I think it's normal to feel like that when you're a teenager and like, you think everything that happens to you is the end of the world. And like, Cause you're so used to the world being about you when you're a child. And um, so I think now I've definitely like gotten past that. And I would say like empathetic to add on to that. Cause I have always considered myself empathetic, but I think more recently like I've really understood what it means to like, I guess not only know how other people are feeling, but like give a shit about it. Cause I think so many people can like put themselves in your shoes, but they might not care. Like, like cool. Like I get how you feel, but like, I don't really give a shit. So I think um, I have really gotten better at just like being aware of how how the things I do affect other people because I 
kind of struggled with that in high school and like it was hard for me to keep friends especially because I come from a big family I have like eight siblings and stuff so I think having like a built-in friend group you know what I mean like I didn't need friends I didn't need any of that so I think it made me feel kind of like I didn't know people's value in my life until like I had kind of gone through a few different friends and was like wow I need to start making an effort and like caring about people in that way that I want them to care about me and that I like I care about my sisters and so I started um like practicing my empathy and, and also like my affection and like how I like validate other people because I think a lot of times that's something that we all should practice and it seems like everyone knows this but to just like tell somebody what they mean to you is is very important and like I've gotten a lot better at keeping in touch with people and like just saying like hey like I literally even with Ricky I'll be like I see you every day but like I love you and like I'm very like make a point to and my mom too like my mom's dad my grandpa he passed away like a year ago and because of that like I've seen her go through so much and like I now regularly like just feel like telling her like I you're like I think you're so strong and like I'm so glad you're my mom and like just this and that because I think you forget sometimes that like you should not only that you should, you feel that you should say that but that sometimes like people need that and my mom is is definitely one of those people that's kind of soft and sensitive so like I like to kind of reassure her sometimes that's so beautiful I definitely would love to also add on to the fact that you are so resilient I mean you've hit so many like walls and you kept going and like through all this difficulty and resilience is a really really difficult thing to embody and apply to your work especially when things are going wrong and especially when things are going wrong for so long and you feel like they're out of your control I mean like like losing a sense of control is kind of what triggered me to kind of like relapse on my eating disorder and stuff and I feel like knowing that you can't control everything and being okay with yourself and loving yourself through every stage and trusting the process is a difficult thing. So like, I commend you for your resilience. Yeah, it definitely wasn't always like that. <laughs> like there's a lot of shit that I was like, I don't know if I can like survive this or like deal with it. And I definitely like my eating disorder habits too, like also started from control. And like in the beginning, it was very much like, yeah, controlling what I eat, what the cow, like all that stuff. Cause I was just like, I don't feel like I have that anywhere else. And like, I needed that so badly. And, um, and that became something, yeah, as I got older, like, I also think it's something that ha- like just naturally happens. Cause I think the more that you get through things that you thought you wouldn't survive, or you thought like, yeah, it's going to just like rip you apart. You're like, okay, cool. Like I, I did that, I can do this, you know what I mean? Cause that's some, there's certain like big events in my life that I'm like, if I can do that, I can deal with this, you know? Oh, yeah. It's important to know that. And also to like the more life that, that you live and like the older you get, I think you just, um, there's certain feelings and things that you think are never gonna change. And like, like I remember with certain boys being like, I'm never gonna love anyone. Oh, like, I love you, you know? And then two years later, you're like, uh, like I don't even remember like my first boyfriend's name for real like I was like thinking about the other day and I was like what is his last name like, what <laughs> and, um and yeah so it's just so funny because you don't there's certain things that you think like are gonna just ruin you and like sit with you for the rest of your life and then like you don't even that's something that you can only learn from time and just like seeing everything you've been through you know absolutely 
I, I was just gonna say I'm so excited that we got to do this. Like, I'm, it's making me very uh, fulfilled like to share this. <laughs> so, oh my so. god, I'm like loving hearing your story. But you mentioned um, sobriety earlier, and since we're talking about resilience, I would love to talk more about what prompted you to choose to be sober and what happened there. Um, I don't think I fully touched on this ever like publicly because I've I've said. I think I've said that I've, I was sober and like, I kind of vaguely talk about it, but yeah, I, I, um, started dabbling with like drugs and alcohol when I was 15. And, um, yeah, it's just, it became something from the ages of like 15 to 19 that was like started with like weed and alcohol and it was like psychedelics. And then it was like Molly. And then one time I had Molly that had meth in it and I had to go to the hospital and then like, it was like a whole thing. So I had a lot of bad experiences. Like I had, I crashed my car when I was on Molly. I um, had to drive on acid before and I like almost died. I, um, yeah. And then like, I went to the hospital that one time and they were like, you shouldn't be alive right now. And I was like, Oh, it's tight. Like that sucks. <laughs> but I, and then, like, I like bit, cause why I went to the hospital was I fucking bit through my entire lip. Cause I was like rolling so hard. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't know like the extensive, like I have a lot of, um, his, even like the first year of my career, I was still doing drugs and, um, that probably contributed to like some of like the eating disorder stuff too because I was never hungry and like I think it enabled that and I was very yeah very unhealthy and like I looked very sick at that time so I think that's when like a lot of around fuck you I think is like the last time I think I did acid and then um after that like I was only drank from the age like 19 to 21 I only drank so I was like cool like I'm not doing drugs anymore so like, it's totally fine and then, um I when I went on tour no even before that like it was kind of an issue because I like dated this guy that was like drinking a lot and so it just made me drink a lot and my mom like you know like we all drink we drink at home so I was like it's fine it's not not a big deal and um and yeah it kind of became I have an addictive personality too. And like my, like I said, my dad is an alcoholic. Like my dad is, he drinks like six beers a day and like doesn't even feel it anymore. Like he's gotten to, he's gotten like, he had like a breathalyzer when I was younger and like I would have to blow in it for him. Like he, he's had some issues. And um, so I already knew I had like an addictive personality, but then when I went on tour, I started dating somebody too that was like total alcoholic. So it, even more like just, kind of set me off the rails and then when I found out that my ex died I like fucking drank myself to shit all the time like the night that I found I think the day after I found out like I blacked out I woke up in my partner's bed and I like like my clothes were like half off and my lip was bleeding and like I I was like what the fuck and I had like bruises and I was like what the fuck did I do and like I remember that previous night like I was like so fucked up that I was just like whatever like let's get coke and let's do this and that and then I, I luckily I think I like went upstairs and like passed out before <laughs> before we got it but like I was just so so deep into like just trying not to be anywhere like just being like I don't want to remember this I don't want to feel this distracting yourself yeah and it was very um like yeah it was crazy and I, I started like self-harming and stuff and then after that I went home and because I was in the UK and then I went home and my 
family, like, first of all, my family is never gone. My family, there's so many people in my family, they're always there, but I was home alone for two days and I went to um, Hunter's funeral. So I went to this funeral and went home to this like big house because we have all, all those kids and stuff by myself. And I was like, I'm going to fucking freak out <laughs> like if I'm like here by myself. So I slept at my friend's, at Hunter's best friend's house that went to the funeral with me because I was like, I can't do this. Like I'm going to freak out if I'm by myself. So then after that, my family got home. I was just like, I, I was very close to going back to like a behavioral center because I, because the whole reason I was in the there when I was 14 because I attempted so I was like I don't like I was like I feel like I'm getting there and I don't want to and then I like talked to my mom I went to LA and started making music again but like I was like I'm gonna be sober and then when I met Ricky he's drank like once in his life he's gotten high once in his life and he's like yeah I just don't do that like I have a really bad history of that in my family and stuff and like that really helped me because I was like I needed to be with somebody that wasn't like, yeah, let's just go get fucked up. And like, none of my friends were like that. I didn't have anybody in my life. I think that was like, um, doing that anymore. And like, it finally got me away from it too. Cause I just realized like how far down I was that I was like, I like, I'm gonna like go off the deep end. Like I'm gonna like, I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I just didn't think I was going to survive that. And then I knew like, I can't, keep drinking because like I'm just gonna feel that sad so that's kind of around that time that I said I like turned it off like I was like I need to like I need to get better I need to start making music I need to do this I need to I'm so focused I stopped like I just like that's when I like I let my hair grow out like I wasn't wearing that much makeup like I was just like I don't give a shit I'm just gonna make a a bunch of music and like get through this and that's when I started getting better because I like and I haven't I think I've drank once since then (laughs) and I was like it was just with my mom (laughs) Cause I was like, I don't care. like I'll just drink like white claws with my mom and like it's not a big deal but um I yeah or and I think I had like champagne on my sister's baby shower but I won't drink like yeah like to that degree anymore because of how intense it got because I think it's definitely like a trigger to a lot of my behavioral issues so yeah but I, I'm like glad I got to share that because I, I I guess like I don't talk about that stuff with my fans and I don't know if people know even like when shit seems a certain way that it's like just it like I was just mentally not there and I think it's important that that fans know that like artists even that seem perfectly fine or have so many friends and do all this and that can be like dealing with that behind the scenes and it seems just like a party life it's like cool like you're just going to parties and you're like having fun it's like no half those people are so sad and like so miserable and I was gonna say like the music industry must have so many triggers that must like influence you to maybe think about it again or something like the music industry is inherently at least here in Toronto it is kind of a party scene and there is drugs and alcohol all around all the time so it's difficult to cope with that yeah well that that's the biggest thing with tour because I went on um I didn't it wasn't a full tour but like I had a few shows in January it was like a little like four or five shows that I was gone for like a week and a half and every night, like, they were like, oh, do you want to drink? Like, they would have alcohol in the green room and stuff, and, like, I, it was very hard, but I was just, like, I can't drink, like, I just know myself, like, I, I know as soon as I say yes, I'll be like, oh, I'll just drink one or two, because, like, you know, I, I like to think, like, if I just drink one or two, it just, like, loosens me up a little bit, and then I'm fine, but then I'm, like, so I kind of lose that self-control when I'm in that headspace, and I know that I'll just want to get fucked up, so <laughs> I, um, yeah, it was like really hard, but I was like, I can't, 
can't drink so I didn't and luckily I didn't because my my drummer it was just me and my drummer she got so fucked up that I um she was like throwing up at the hotel and stuff I'm like oh my god like I have to I'm just like the mom of the group right now <laughs> like so I actually prefer doing that and like I like anytime like I go with my sister anywhere like I, I'm always like the the designated driver and stuff and like I don't really care about that because I think it's just like I feel better when I'm fully in control of myself so it's something that I've learned to um actually enjoy but it does get it does get tough for sure because everybody almost everybody like I've met in music likes to party or likes to do that type of stuff so any events any shows it's like there's going to be drinking but I just you have to find the people that are usually everyone I've met that like is sober it's because very similar experiences of just like being around it so much they're like I can't do that anymore so I've kind of made a point to like surround myself with people that don't do that but that doesn't mean like you shouldn't be friends with people that don't because I do think it's good to practice that so that way like if you can figure that out while you're around people that drink like you're good you know what I mean if you can figure out like that self-control and being like I you can do that but that's just not my thing like then that's you really start building up that um yeah, like that self-control to just be like, I can't, that's not my thing. I can't do that, you know? Yeah. And I mean, this whole interview started with um, us talking about BPD and how, you know, especially when you were younger, you would take on other people's thoughts and emotions and feelings. So, you know, now we're talking about your sobriety and how you made the active decision for yourself to, you know, stay away from that, even though you're in such a setting where everyone is doing it. And like the fact that you have BPD, I mean, that must make things really, really difficult. So you're very strong. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's very hard. Like I meet people and immediately I'm like, oh my God, like they're so cool. I want to like, I want to live more like them or like do, like I kind of, it's easy to do that, but it's, I think the more I've done it though, like I can see the pattern in myself well enough to know, like, cause sometimes I'll try to be like no I'm not marrying them like they're just really cool and like they're like I'm I'm not even I'm not doing anything like I'm totally fine and I've done it enough power I know better than to be like okay like for example like my friend Cheney um I keep bringing her up by the way you should do you should reach out to her she um has autism and she has ADHD and like she's she's so open but um she for example like we just started hanging out like a month ago and um she was like, oh, like, you should read these books I like, and, like, when I tell you, I've read 20 books she likes, because I was, like, so interested in them, I've read, okay, also, I have an issue, too, I, I've read 30 books in the past three months, because I'm just insane, oh my but, god, oh, yeah. that's so much, I can't even get myself to read, I just, I'm, I keep on saying, oh, yeah, I like to read, meanwhile, I haven't read one since high school, <laughs> like, probably, I think I've probably read more books in the past three months than I've read my entire life, so, like, I don't know what, like, I just kind of, I, I love escapism though, to be fair. So like I love, and it seems more like stimulating than watching a show. Like I like having to read and I think it helps my vocabulary even though I still sound like a valley girl, but um, I I just enjoy it. But I noticed for sure that um, when she was like, oh, you should check out these types of books. I was like, I'm going kind of, going kind of hard with these book recommendations. I'm kind of like reading everything that she, she tells. And I'm like, just like, she'll tell me a book and I'll be sitting next to her and be like, I just ordered it. <laughs> And like, I'll, like, I'm, I get very interested in what people are interested in. And like, that's how I, I was with Ricky at first too. Cause he is like super into collecting horror memorabilia. So he has um, 
box sets and like horror collectibles and stuff and he's into all like the classics like when we first started dating I I was kind of into that stuff so I was uh like oh I want to collect some some box sets and things that I like so I, I kind of pick up from people and like what I and maybe that comes more from a place of like it makes them so happy that like I just want to understand it and like I want to um get into it too so like when he gets super into something like <laughs> recently he was into like um what's he been he's been super into the Beatles which luckily like I already my dad that's my dad's favorite band but uh, like I kind of dive into whatever he's, he's into like with him so we'll watch like six like we watched that Beatles documentary or going to and like we'll watch YouTube videos and interviews and all these I'm like I want to see it too like I want <laughs> I want to dive into which thing you're interested in so like that WWE Rob Zombie like also I'll just be like sure I want to know like what is what is like I've never awesome though that is like that is that's one of the great faces of BPD so like I'm a strong believer in that of course like these mental struggles are really really difficult to cope with but each one of these mental struggles do bring such skills for you like you're skills to empathize are probably off the charts like your ability to be able to be open-minded and like dive into something that you know others might not necessarily be interested you and interested in is amazing it's I guess sometimes it's it's only harmful if like what they're into is not like if I mirror things about them that like aren't beneficial so like with that's kind of also how I started getting into drugs because like my ex-boyfriend was um he he took like a lot of pills and stuff like that so like I started taking pills and stuff in high school because I was like I want to understand why you love this so much I want to understand like why you can't stop so like I was trying to empathize by like also doing that and that was an issue or like my one of my like ex-best friends she very much like whenever we would hang out like she wouldn't want to talk about anything besides like people and like gossip and stuff and because I was mirroring her like I found myself just like gossiping and talking shit. and I was like I don't do that like that's not me at all and like Ricky noticed that too he's like oh like I just I feel like you're like talking a little differently because sometimes I'll mirror things in people that I don't think are are like healthy or like they're not so good so sometimes it's like oh I'm so interested in this thing and this is so fun and we get to bond over this but sometimes it's like I can mirror people that have uh, like manipulative tendencies or like if sometimes I've mirrored people where it doesn't go well because they start seeing themselves in me I'm like, if you don't like, like me acting this way, like I'm just mirroring you. That's all. Oh, Um, that's a reflection of you. Like I, I, all you do. So I, yeah, it's, it's, so it's like mirroring, but also like matching someone's energy in a way, but it's to a very literal degree. So uh, I've definitely gotten better at that though, because like it's, yeah, in theory, it's like great. And people with BPD, when you're friends with them, it can feel like they pick you up and like you're you're on a pedestal and like they care about you so much and they're so interested in all the things you're into and they act like you. And it's like very endearing, but it definitely comes with like, it can be draining. And I think for me too, like I've had to s- notice like when I'm just trying to like appease somebody or agree with them because I care about them so much. And I'm like, wait, but like, I'm not really okay with that. Or, like, I don't really like doing this or I don't feel that way. So like I kind of have my own like realization sometimes in friendships and relationships that I'm wait like I if it's not if I'm not like having fun or like if I'm like mirroring in a way that is like hurting me I guess or that's just not like at all and with that doesn't align with like my who I am I guess yeah. is when it well because then I feel like they love me for like this version of myself that's like what they 
want to see in me but isn't me you know like so it can be kind of well there's just so much beauty and individuality as well so I mean it definitely I can see the struggle and I could see how difficult it is and how energy consuming it is and draining so definitely I'm sorry despite the empathy I, I there's definitely a huge struggle there. I would love to like point you in the direction of people, um, artists I know that like would really love talking about this stuff too, because I think it's such a great idea. And it's like, so it's like a therapy session. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm, thank you so much for like, cause you reached out to me, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. And I like told my manager I wanted to do it. And I just think that like more people need to do interviews with artists that like are about music but about them and I think that it's really important that people see like the human behind the art and I I just like thank you so much for giving me a opportunity to talk about this stuff oh my god dude of course I would also love to have you back on here whenever you want like I said you having a degree in psychology like it's probably that's just such a cool uh idea I guess like to talk to people about their their mental health issues because I feel like no one asks us about that like they're kind of like oh cool like they want to ask artists in a way that's like what's a good headline or like what's what's kind of uh, has a nice ring to it for our article but I I think it's important that we talk about like the ugly the stuff that we hide you know at being raw oh thank you for being here today though I appreciate it with like the deepest part of my heart (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you're an artist and you've got a story to share with a passion for music, please do reach out. Whether you're just starting out or you've been in the music industry for years, I would love to hear your story. Follow me on Instagram through my handle at Music Mentality with Angie. Or email me at musicmentalitywithangie at gmail.com. Finally, a huge shout out and thank you to the amazing editor behind these episodes, Aileen Tamer. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.